0: I don't know. I just want to encourage people to to uh, to stay, you know, to just be through to themselves, you know? Like not hiding, like being loud and being proud of who you are.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the podcast all about the unexpected paths to a creative career. I'm your host, Rob Goodman. I'm an artist and a marketer, and on today's show, we have Sousa Cortez. Sousa is an incredible artist. She works with dirt. She works in sculpture. She has installations and performance pieces. And Sousa is part of the Root Division family. She was a teacher there and an artist, and she now works on the staff there preparing shows and exhibits. And we are celebrating all month Root Division's 15-year anniversary Root Division is a nonprofit here in San Francisco. They support visual artists across the Bay Area, providing them with studio space and opportunities to both learn and teach and make their work. So we're so excited to be partnering with Root Division. And Sousa's got an amazing story. She migrated here from Mexico. She lived in Delaware. She went to school there. She worked so hard to go to both college and graduate school, and then she moved out to San Francisco. You're gonna hear about her story, about her time growing up in Mexico, about what it was like for her to be a young person here in America, and the pushes she got along the way that really helped her push her own artwork and career forward. You're gonna hear great advice, and it's a really inspiring conversation with Sousa Cortez. So let's get started. Susa, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you for inviting me.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you here. So let's start off, and I'd like to learn a little bit more about your work. I know you you work with dirt, you work with sculpture and installations. Tell me a little bit about what you're up to.
0: Yeah, so my work, um, I think, for the last couple of years has um, it's around my home hometown. And that nostalgia, you know, I think as immigrants, we have this nostalgia of home.
1: And your uh, hometown being in Mexico.
0: Yeah, my hometown is called La Loma. It's uh, in León, Guanajuato, which is central Mexico. Um, It's a rural town, so there's maybe maximum of 200 people. Um And a lot of my work is influenced by, you know, everything about it, like its culture. Uh, my grandma, my grandma has been like, my grandmas actually have been like a big part of it, uh, and learning things from them and like using those things to create work in a way, beautify it and give it more like a presence. Uh, I feel like a lot of times immigrants and people who come from small towns are, you know, to some degree shameful where they come from. Or like, I think that's one of the feelings that a lot of people feel. Uh, and I'm kind of switching that up and I trying to switch it out by beautifying things about it. So I work a lot with dirt. Um, uh, it comes from learning how to repair my great-grandmother's house that was made out of dirt. And just remembering that I will you know, run up to her and I will try to help her. And then she showed me like, oh, this is how you fix the house. This is the kind of dirt that you use. And I remember her um, basically, Cleaning her house, especially her floor that is made out of dirt, and starting from the center, uh, just with her hands with wet with water, yeah, and just moving in a circular motion, and leaving like slowly the room, and it was like completely you know clean and beautiful. And then her, enti- her entire house was built out of dirt and wow, or covered with dirt. And so like I I just that was kind of beautiful. Like, yeah, as a family, we used to go collect dirt and like sift it to make it super fine so that it would like fix the house. Wow. So I I bring that element a lot in my work. Like a lot of my installations uh, have dirt and um, also my performances have dirt. Um, Yeah. To me, it's like this duality too, you know, like some people don't appreciate it or don't appreciate the beauty of it because, you know, it's not concrete or it's not like a fancy looking condo, you know? Right, right. So there's this, this idea that diminishing, you know, how, you know how it looks but uh to me it's just beautiful and I kind of try to show that in, in my installations mainly like yeah. the beauty of that.
1: And uh, back in Mexico were you were you building and making and and being very creative as a kid or were you or were you more kind of being handy and helping out like you were helping at yeah. your grandma's home?
0: I think when I was a kid I was really creative uh I uh you know, I lived in my hometown until I was 12 years old. So I remember that I did a little bit of a lot. Uh, you know, on one hand, I had to help my mom with the household du- duties, you know, like going to the meal, taking the corn there, helping her cooking, feeding the animals. Uh,
1: you had animals. Oh, yeah. Up, growing we, up.
0: We had not many, we had like chickens and you know rabbits and a cow and things like that okay and so like I that was kind of one of my like duties right like feeding the animals before going to school and but then uh on my free time I would like draw a lot um I would also go explore basically the we call them cerros is basically just the woods you know because I live around just like a lot of land so I would just go out there and explore a lot. Yeah, yeah. And make up things. Uh, made a lot of stories up. Uh, will tell my friends about them and <laughs> convince them of gods coming back. <laughs> the yeah. woods
1: are a great place yeah, to kind of great. go and explore as a kid. Yeah. I remember doing that so much, finding like little creeks and creating yeah, stories. Yeah, and I
0: think, you know, a lot of uh that uh inspiration about home comes from moving to Delaware to the East Coast with my parents and. Uh, you know, at some point I kind of wanted to blend in, you know, I was like, oh, I don't like Mexican music and I don't like this and I don't like that. I actually like punk rock, which I still do. Yeah. But I feel like I was trying to fit in so much and forget or not forget, but kind of being like, oh, my hometown is just whatever. Yeah. It's and like, this
1: was around 2002. You, you yeah. migrated to Delaware. Yeah. And and I'm curious about that because you mentioned earlier that, that you want to kind of overcome the, as you said, there's. The shame of yeah. of kind of coming here from a, a different place and and now you're saying kind mm-hmm. of when you did you you did try to push aside yeah. a bit of your your heritage and your culture what was going through your mind at that point was it about kind of I mean that's a tough time to be a kid anyway yeah so you you do want to fit in even if you were born in America you yeah. kind of like want to just fit into the crowd anyway at twelve or thirteen yeah but how were you feeling then
0: well it it was pretty. I don't know. I was really excited to come to the United States just because my hometown, you know, it's the highest level education is eighth grade till this day. And so I remember since I was like fourth in fourth grade, I told my parents I was going to go to college and they were like, yeah, sure. You know, it was kind of unreal. It was like, no, there's no way it's going to happen. So.
1: But you, but you wanted
0: to. I wanted to. Yeah. uh, But it was kind of, you know, a small town. There's, uh, my parents didn't have the means to like, so it was kind of like, it's not going to happen. So when we moved to Delaware, which was uh, thanks to my dad, he got us some visas first, and then I applied for uh, our resident cards and all that stuff. So once we moved to Delaware, for me, it was like, oh, great, I'm gonna go to college, right? It was more real. But at the same time, because I come from such a small town, even within the Mexican community or the Latino community, a lot of times people put you down it's because you're like, oh, you're from the mountains and you don't know anything kind of thing. So, so even within your even yeah. within
1: your your kind of world of culture yeah. here, depending on where you are and where you came yeah. from, you face uh, discrimination yeah. within.
0: Yeah, so that was a big thing. So whenever people will ask me where you're from, you know, I will say the name of the the biggest town, which is Moroleón, right? Like the, the the big town. Like I would never say La Loma, because people immediately will. I don't know. This like this sense of shame, like coming from a small town. So I I remember that that was it. And then once I came here and I learned English, it was more like, oh no, I don't like those things from that place, right? Uh, it wasn't until I went to college and I was I got into art and you know I think art was like okay I you know. Art is a way to communicate, you know, how you feel about things and change things. Uh, it's like a way to uh, share your thoughts, ideas with people and trying to change people's perspectives on, on yeah. the
1: world. And so, I mean, you must have been into art in in high school or did you actually more discover it? I know you went to the University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. When, when did you start going all in on on art?
0: It was a high school. Uh, my, my actual teacher, Robert Boyce, he... He's great. Uh, He kind of switched me around from science. I was really into science back then. Uh, And I was also into art, you know, hand-in-hand they kind of go together. (laughs) Uh, But uh, he's the kind of guy that once I took art, um, he saw something in me and he pushed me every day.
1: He was your art teacher? He
0: was my art teacher yeah. in high school. Uh, and he just pushed me every day. And I think he saw how creative I was, like, beyond, you know, he will give me an assignment and I will, like, give him something completely different than <laughs> he was expecting. And yeah. he always, like, pushed me in that sense. And uh, when I was in high school, like, I don't know, I think he, every day he would uh, tell me, okay, you're going to go to college, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think so. And from that point on, he will, like, give me a different profession every single day.
1: Really? What, yeah. What do you mean?
0: He will, call, you know, come into the room, and he was like, oh, so what do you want to be? A doctor? And I'll be like, no, like, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not really into hospitals, right? <laughs> and then the next day, he will be, like, a lawyer. And I was like, I don't really like, like that. I don't know. I don't think I can do it. So, like, that went on for a while. Wow. And then one day, he was like, what about artists? And I just kind of, like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, (laughs) okay, maybe. Uh, And then I just thought about it. And in my head, though, I thought that being an artist meant that I didn't have to write anything. My English wasn't that great back Mm -hmm. then. And so I was like, "Oh, if I'm an artist, I'm just gonna create things, and I don't have to write anything, <laughs> right, right?" Right, And then later on, I discovered that you know, writing is probably half,
1: right, right, <laughs> and
0: and making is the other half. Because but, uh, you
1: have to write grants, you have to yeah, write about your artist yeah. vision and statement, you have to write about Cor- your work, yeah, exactly. I mean, all of these it's, things, yeah.
0: But uh, but yeah, he he really pushed me, and then from there, I went to University of Delaware, which I'm really happy. I, I think the program is great. Uh, my teachers were really supportive and like, uh, they pushed me really, really a lot uh, conceptually and I'm really grateful for that. So they really got me started on thinking about what I want to say with my work. And so I got to, to talk more about like Mexico and my heritage. And I was like, yeah, what do I want to say? You know? And that's where, you know, it got me thinking more about Mexico. And then later when I went to grad school, I think, uh, I had a couple of good mentors that yeah. guided me more and they're like, all right, you're scratching the surface about Mexico, but what really, really means to you? Like, what yeah. do you really want to focus on?
1: Did you go straight from undergrad to to graduate school? You went to the Heron School?
0: Yeah, Heron School of Art and Design. Yeah. yeah I went right after. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of like a tricky move. Uh, my, my sculpture professor was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I think so. So I went for it. Uh, It was definitely challenging. And now that I'm out, I'm like, okay, maybe I should have waited a year, you know?
1: Just to get a little bit Mm -hmm. of breathing room and... Mm Yeah, it's And also lot.
0: because you change, you know, right. to like get older, more experiences. Uh, but it was great too. Uh, it was really challenging. Uh,
1: and did you get scholarships? Because you talked about kind of growing up and that not being a possibility for, for college. And, yeah. and here you are, you went to college, you went to graduate school. <laughs> How were you able to kind of pull off that,
0: yeah. that fee? I mean, definitely have some student loans like everyone out <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I was really lucky for, I got a lot of scholarships scholarships. Um one being first generation student to go to college. And two, my my grades were pretty good when I was in high school. So Great. yeah, I think I had it like four point eight.
1: Wow. Like, it was Was that really important to you? Like it was important. that you had the opportunity yeah. to be in America and 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 make a difference for your family and for your career and you were gonna you were going to work your, your butt off to do it?
0: Yeah, I think it, it was, I mean, from the beginning, since I was in Mexico, I still wanted to be like the top three student yeah, in the yeah. class. Yeah, that's was, right. You were talking about yeah, going to college. It was college. like, yeah. it was a. I don't know, my my good friends from Mexico, from La Loma, actually, Candy and Juani and I, we were always trying to fight for the top three of the class kind of thing. And I think that kind of like continued with me as I went to to uh, middle school and high school and college, so.
1: Where did that fire come from? Was it just who you are and, and and wanted to accomplish?
0: I guess so. Like I sometimes I ask myself that too. I think it just came from deep inside me. I don't know that I really yeah. wanted to, to just be you know have good grades and go to college. Um, but at the end too, like I think once I was in in high school, I, I thought about like. My parents, like, you know, making a difference for my parents and also my siblings, my, my little sister and my, my brother, because I wanted them to also go to college. And, you know, and I feel that like, I felt like if I did it, then they would probably follow me.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, what an amazing accomplishment to be the first in your family to go to college. It's such a wonderful thing. And did they, and did your siblings kind of look up to you as you had hoped?
0: Yeah. Uh, my sister is actually right now at the University of Delaware. Awesome. Doing like criminal justice, you know, completely different. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it's great.
1: And where is your family now? Delaware. Okay. <laughs> Delaware. Okay. Cool.
0: I kind of flee the nest, but they're in back in Delaware.
1: And is the Heron School in uh, in Delaware?
0: No, Heron School of Art and Design is part of the uh, Indiana University right. Purdue University. Right. So it's right. in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Um, yeah, I went there for two years for just my. My my basically my masters
1: and was it sculpture that you focused on? More I sculpture
0: yeah I did a sculpture uh yeah it was it was pretty great they have a great facility there yeah uh and I had a great mentor like from sculpture Greg Hall and then uh but uh, my my mentor mentor that really helped me so much is Adele Gudine who was the the head of photography uh she. She's kind of a mother to me, uh, you know? <laughs>
1: wow. Uh, and what was... Tell me about that relationship.
0: Uh, uh, you know, she was... She's just really truthful. Like, she will come to your studio and tell you, like, okay, this is really great, and this is... What are you thinking here? And then <laughs> she will, like, try to crack, like, that shelf, you know? Like, right. what are you trying to say? Yeah. And I'll tell you what I can read from it, but I think you're trying to say this. I don't know. It was... was really great and then beyond that she's just just a great friend and always supportive in any kind of way
1: what what do those pushes do to you as an artist because you talked about you know in high school in college now in graduate school you you got people to kind of push you yeah you want to talk about mexico but what do you want to say and and okay i think you want to go and have this be what you're conveying but but really like how did that feel to get those kinds of pushes and what did it do to your work
0: uh, I think it was. I think is uh, every single push, in a way, I think I, I don't, a lot of times I doubt myself, you know. And by having those pushes, it's like, oh no, yeah, I can do it, you yeah. know. And then, uh, so going back to talk about my hometown, I think it it was uh, it was a big push, like to be like, okay, you what you really want to talk about, like yeah. what is important to me, and I think. Uh, what is important to me is showing kind of uh, how beautiful my hometown is, but also how culturally important it is. You know, it's an important part of the Mexican culture, and it's an important part that some people don't want to see or some people just, you know, don't care about. Like, even within Mexico, you know, a lot of people don't want to look into the small towns that have great talent. So to me... I think it's pushing that, not just for me, but for the people who are back there. Right? Yeah,
1: what is important about your town to, to the culture of Mexico? I, I wanna hear about it.
0: Uh, It's important in, in many ways. I think uh, a small community has like that a strong bond, a community, that they help each other, that they have a lot of knowledge that, you know, people forgetting little by little, like things as medicinal plants, right? things that people are like, oh, that's, you know, they, they try to put it down, right? Because it's not scientifically proven or things like that, that I think shouldn't be lost just because of how, you know, science thinks or how Western cultures think. Mm-hmm. I think we need to really be proud of those little things that are still important. I mean, the fact that you know, when I go to my hometown, I don't have cell phones, cell phone signal. I think wow. that's really awesome. Yeah. And, you know, because like instead of people being lost in their phones, you check an email. You really care about like spending time with your family or like looking at the mountains or spending time in the river, like things like that. Yeah. That are really important, you know, and this is a, a rich part of, of Mexican culture. I mean, we there's many towns like my hometown. There's like thousands of them. Uh, And a lot of, you know, like politicians forget about them. They don't have a lot of resources, you know. And my thing is like through my work and part of the program that I also started with my my collaborator, Brandy Michelini, is to kind of uh, empower those towns, right?
1: Yeah. Tell me me about that program. I know you started an artist residency program. And so it's been going on for the past four or five years? Uh,
0: It's been... Three, three. Three years, years in, yeah. in
1: Mexico. In Mexico. Tell so, me about that. Yeah.
0: So basically because of that um, idea that, you know, little towns are forgotten, they don't have the resources. And it's like, called? Vietnam. I was migrantes. Yes. Yeah. So I started a collective uh, with uh, of artists with my friend Bereni Michelini Castillo. So we were uh, Latino teaching artists at Rude Division at the same time. And we taught classes you know, together, so we spent a lot of time together. And one afternoon I just, you know, we were hanging out after class and, and I told her that I, I really, I had this dream of creating a program uh, to take artists to my hometown, to learn about the culture, but to also give back to the community. So I was Migrantes was created and we had no funding nothing we kind of just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I think she was another one of the pushes because I told her my idea and she was like let's do it and I'm like no I mean how are we going to do that? How are yeah. we going to do that? I was like we don't have funding we don't have anything how are we going to do it and and she's like she's amazing she just she's like yes we're going to do it and like it's gonna happen.
1: How did you do it? How did you make it happen? And then what is the? How does the program actually work?
0: Yeah. So uh, how it happened? It was <laughs> basically we just came together and we're like we're gonna do it. We came out with the plan. Uh, okay. We what do we need? Like the needs, and we went for it. Uh, so the first year it was just putting up a website together. Like we designed the website, we put it up. Uh, we created an open call for artists. We're like at this time we don't really have funding, so the artists do have to pay for their flights and and also for their housing. So we kind of just went for it. We two people. I don't know how we did it, but <laughs> we basically looked over the logistics, did an open call, review applications, selected our artists. Wow! And so how it happens is that f- during two weeks of the summer, mm-hmm. usually July, um, we select. We actually release a call in January and ask artists to apply. Yeah. Then from there, we review applications and we select, you know, three artists from the U.S. to uh, join us over the summer. Oh. Uh, we do a fundraising event. Uh, we sell tamales. We sell, you know, I don't know. We we do a lot of things. We cool. sell T-shirts, tote bags to kind of uh, have some money to, to, to run it. Yeah. Uh, and then... We go to Mexico. So, the the program for the last couple of years has been focused in Guanajuato because Brenny is also from Guanajuato. She's from the city, Mm -hmm. and I'm from Guanajuato, the rural town, right? So, the idea is to connect those two Guanajuatos, those two Mexicos, and give artists a glimpse into the lives of people in Mexico, in the city, but also in the hometown. So, for the two weeks, we have like a really intense uh, community service and Activity schedule.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, We do things from walking seminars, uh, performance in the plazas, like public settings, uh, writing workshops, and then we do workshops with the community. So the artists get to learn about uh, medicinal plants or they go to a temazcal, which is like a traditional hot lodge Mm -hmm. with ritual and everything. Uh, They learn how to make tortillas from scratch, like from grinding the corn to like the final finish. Uh, We also do a mural in the town, in this rural town. And then we provide free workshops for the community. The artists who we bring actually have to come up with a workshop that they will give to the community members.
1: Wow. And how do you how do you organize it? in those communities and get people aware of, mm-hmm. of what, what you're bringing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting because it's so different from here. Uh, you know, at first at the first year we try to email a bunch of people and that doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, right now it's easier because people know who we are, they're already expecting us. Uh, like in my hometown is really easy because everyone knows who I am and I can just go door by door and tell them about it and we post signs everywhere in all the convenience stores and, like, throughout the town. And that's what we do. We, we create science and tell them, this day in this house, we're going to have art workshops. Yeah. Uh, and with the community, with the workshops, we I just go personally and ask the person, you know, like, the, the, the corn gr- grinding, like, workshop. We, I'll go with, to her house and I'm like, hey, like, how is it going? Like, And just basically ask her if she could do that for us and it's just kind of like worth of mouth yeah. you ask them yeah, um, yeah. and same thing in Guanajuato uh, we were really fortunate for the last last year we had a pretty big ex, uh, exhibition like exhibition in Guanajuato yeah. and the gallery is huge and um, we basically just walk in you know and uh, and it happens Well, I walk in to ask about the possibilities of showing there or having a show over the summer and the guy who's in charge Paul uh, he happens to be friends with Brenny. So I already knew him because of that. And yeah. so it was kind of like immediately like, oh, I know you, you know, and he knew that we had this program going. So it was kind of easy wow. to, to get that happen. And then through him, he told someone else about us. And then so, I don't know, it was, it's a lot of worth of mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It start, started mm-hmm. to, to pass along. Yeah, And is it it's been a few years now, is it having the kind of impact on, on individuals and the community as you are hoping?
0: I I believe so. I mean, our workshops are really highly attended. Like, especially La Loma, we got probably 70 people showed up, right? And every year, like I usually go like a couple days before to get the house ready because we borrow houses from my family where we will stay. So we actually go and, Make sure the houses are ready for the artists who come, and uh, and when they see me, they ask me, "Hey, when are the art art workshops happening?" (laughs) You know, like that's like immediately thing. Or people are
1: excited about it. Yeah,
0: and then the murals too. The murals are adding so much color to the town right now. I think we already have three. Wow. murals and so every time I go to and like they see me, they're like, hey, uh my house has an empty wall. Like, you know, I'm ready for the mural. <laughs> right, so like right, right. yeah, a lot of times we have to be like, oh sorry, this year we already have like a wall.
1: That's you great. Know? Yeah, you're getting yeah. in demand, you're getting uh requests. Yeah. That's yeah. that's fantastic. And what about your your voyage to San Francisco? I mean, at some point, when did you make the decision to actually come out here i want to hear about that
0: yeah so uh that was kind of random because uh i was telling you earlier about my mentor adele adele Gudine. um i was applying for things right after grad school right like you know like every grad student just like apply things like send 30 applications to whatever it doesn't matter what (laughs) it is just
1: got to make it happen uh
0: so i sent a bunch of applications and and then uh i had adele's class and she basically told me hey I got an email about this fellowship and I think you will be the perfect fit. And she was like, so I want you to apply for it. And if you don't, when I see you next time, you will know me. And I was like, okay, great. I'm applying <laughs> to this.
1: Basically threatening yeah, that yeah. you have She's to do great. this. <laughs> she does
0: that all the time. I love her for that. Uh, so I you know, I went to the website and it was Root Division's website. Nice. And it was a Latino teaching artist fellowship. And I saw that it was, okay, teaching at a emerging school a curriculum in Spanish and um, and it was like a free studio and it's changed and I, I just thought it was perfect. Yeah. Because one, like giving back to my community, like working with kids who are going through the same thing I want. So it's like, I already can relate to those kids. Yeah. Um, and two, like teaching them art. Like, it, great. Like I know that many places like my hometown, they probably come from places like my hometown where they never they probably never took art like they don't even know what painting is yeah. or maybe they know coloring books but they don't know any other materials right so that was really exciting so I immediately apply um I sent all my stuff and you know I went through the interview process and uh got the fellowship and I was like all right it's either this <laughs> <laughs> or go back to Delaware which I was uh, you know not too excited about because <laughs> I wanted something new yeah 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 um so I basically moved here with the suitcase. It was wow, great. Wow! Uh, was
1: it hard to move so far away from from where you were? It
0: it, it, it wasn't were you hard. Ready? You were I was ready. ready. I, was, yeah. I was I was really excited. Uh, it was funny because at the same time, uh, a friend of mine uh, quit his job at Indiana. He was a professor there, and he was moving to LA. At the same time so we kind of were like oh when are you moving and we it happened to be around the same time yeah so we ended up, ended up like driving together so that was kind of great nice uh the only thing is like I didn't know anything about San Francisco or anything you know it was kind of like never been here right uh and it was kind of I just kind of moved. you know from there <laughs> how
1: has the city been for you as an artist and as an immigrant as well like how has it been to live here and, and create and build community?
0: Uh it's been actually really great. Um I remember coming in and not knowing what was gonna happen. You know, I mean the stressful thing about housing was was luckily when I came in it was still not as bad as now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was still like possible. Yeah. So I came in and, you know, um, I, with Red Division, like definitely met a bunch of artists through them. Uh, since I didn't really had a job when I moved here, I spent a lot of time volunteering for Root Division, and through that I met just so many people. Yeah. Um, I started working at Yerba Buena too as a oh, preparer.
1: Cool. Nice. So uh, a preparer means someone who sets up the ex- exhibits. Yeah, and-
0: who helps install the, yeah. the 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 shows and also you know prepping the walls, things like that. So through that, like I also met a lot of artists because a lot of people in that crew, they're art- they're all artists, you yeah, know, and yeah. and so it, it was great because then I kind of knew the the, the community of artists with Root uh, Division and the community of artists with uh, Yerba Buena yeah. and also, um, you know, connected a little bit with Fabiana Rodriguez because she was a visiting artist in Delaware okay. when I was an undergrad. So I met her back then and then when I moved here, I was like, hey, what's happening? Like, I'm moving to, the, <laughs> I'm here, like, what are you up to?
1: What's her art like?
0: Uh, Fabiana Rodriguez, yeah. she's a pre maker in Oakland. Okay, uh, she's pretty well known. Um, she does the immigration, is beautiful butterflies oh, yeah, and yeah. things like that. Um, okay. but she's great. She's uh, I don't know so connected with her a little bit and. So it's been good. I think uh, lack of time now is, is kind of one of those things. Like now because I work a lot, yeah. like I don't get to see as much as I did when I first moved here. Yeah,
1: and so did you stay at Root Division the whole time or you left and came back? Because now you're at Root Division. Yeah. And tell me about your role there.
0: Yeah, so I, you know, I started with Root Division with my fellowship. And unfortunately, like after my first year, that's when we lost a spot on 17th Street. Right. Uh, so when that happened, you know, it was kind of crazy yeah, timing. Yeah. Um,
1: this is when Root Division basically was displaced from the Mission District here yeah. in San Francisco and kind of mm-hmm. priced out. And all was kind of thrown into turmoil there. and chaos mm-hmm. and what, what was going to be. Yeah. You eventually found an amazing spot in Soma. Yeah. And and that's where you yeah. are today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what happened was too, like after the f- my first fellowship, Michelle asked me if I could, you know, well... She basically asked me if I could stay as the LTAF or the Latino teaching artist fellow for a second time.
1: Yeah, Michelle, the director of the director. Division, yeah. yeah,
0: so um, so I said yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I I basically did it for a second year. And halfway through my second year, I, I be, uh, they hired me to help them uh, install the shows, like, you know, only like a couple hours a week. And that role eventually develop and now I'm um, like their installations and site manager so now I'm like in charge of the galleries every month um help with install the install working with the curator um also I'm also in the committee so I also have a say you know what gets shown That's to some great. degree yeah and so um yeah I've been I've been with them basically since I came here
1: Hey everyone, I wanna tell you a little bit more about Root Division, the amazing visual arts nonprofit here in San Francisco that we're partnering with all month to feature amazing artists who have been through their program. Right now Root Division is celebrating 15 years of giving artists a space to work, a space to teach, and really helping out the community in amazing ways here in the Bay Area and reverberating throughout the country and the world because their artists exhibit everywhere. If you live in the Bay Area, this is something that's very cool. Making Ways is actually on display at the Root Division Gallery in Soma in San Francisco. And you can go there and you can see my illustrations of the guests from the show who are Root Division alumni. You can listen to excerpts from the episodes and you can see amazing artwork on display from artists who have gone through the Root Division program over the last 15 years. So help celebrate Root Division and their 15-year anniversary. Head on down to Root Division to check out the exhibit. And if you do not live in the Bay Area, check out RootDivision.org and consider giving to the organization. They really do an amazing job of contributing, supporting, and building the community here in the Bay Area and supporting artists and creative people. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Let's let's talk about Root Division. It's the 15th anniversary of of their existence and uh we're celebrating that with uh, with our conversation today and and all month and i'd like to hear a little bit about how root division has kind of impacted your work or provided you with a great space mm-hmm. to to make and also how it you know connected you with the community and kind of mm-hmm. made you feel at home in this in this world here
0: yeah, I mean to begin to begin with, it was just having the opportunity to expand my 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 art and myself beyond other places. I think once I came here, Rood Vision was kind of like, you know, the the anchor to some degree. You know, like it really provided me with a lot of opportunities. Like you know, in my teaching, I you know I got a lot more experiences uh, with different you know art things. Um,
1: was it hard learning how to become a teacher?
0: I mean, I had some experience before. Yeah. Uh, it, it was more like giving me more opportunity yeah. to exceed in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some experience teaching both youth and adults. and But coming here, like not having that platform, that space that connects you, I think that is what Division does, right? It connects people um, with different experiences, and it connects everyone kind of together. Uh so that was really important when coming to a new place where you don't know anyone, you don't even know what's happening, right? So coming here and being part of Root Division already, by the time I got here, I think that was really important because it connected me to all of these people that are now, you know, my good friends or collaborators or, you know, just people that I know who are doing amazing things. Yeah. So that was really, really important to me. Um, as an artist, definitely having a space, having a studio, like I can't imagine, like you know, being an artist and trying to get a studio, at, you know, market price here in San Francisco. Yeah. It on top of your rent is kind of crazy. Yeah. So I think also that idea of having the subsidized space really helps. Yeah. Uh, and 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 also providing opportunities. I think when I've been with Revolution for a while and I've done a couple of shows, a couple of performances. Uh, and just, you know, connecting me with people that, you know, could also get me into all the shows. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah.
1: What is your kind of pie of, of work these days? Like how much time do you spend creating your own artwork versus working versus teaching? All of that because... You're making it work as an artist, and I want to hear a little bit about the kind of realistic uh, life of an artist, where you kind of, you know, you kind of stitch together these different, these different things to to make it work, especially in a city as expensive as San Francisco. Yeah,
0: Yeah, actually, like since I've been working with Root Division, it's been like full time has been a lot easier. Um, Before that, I was managing like six, seven jobs at the same time. Okay, like I was teaching classes for multiple organizations, like including Larkin street youth services, Kelly Cullen community, the imagine bus project, San Francisco general hospital. And then on top of that, working as a preparer wow. at YBCA whenever they needed me. And I was also working at a restaurant for a while. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. it was uh, just basically a lot wow. of food jobs to make it, you know, to pay rent, uh, yeah. and then having a little bit of time to make work. And, um, now, I think I, um, I work full-time at root division, so, uh, I don't have to balance as much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, having the studio practice has been a little challenging. Um, but I think it's mainly because I'm going through some like thoughts about what I want to do next. Um, I think it's not necessarily that I'm not making as much. I think it's, I'm kind of getting ready for something new.
1: You're kind of marinating and thinking about yeah. what you want the next thing to be. Exactly.
0: Um, but uh, I do have my space there, and I, I've been uh, developing a little bit other things. Uh, through Root Division, I actually took a class from um, Blanca and Lisi. Uh, it's a like technology and art kind of class. So I've been playing a lot with motors recently and mm. sensors, and so that I think is leading to something else. Oh, cool. Incorporating my work. Um
1: but not not quite. Uh, not quite there, there yet. Yeah, yeah, no, not <laughs> yeah, yeah. quite there. So
0: I've been a experimenting. Lot of experimenting. So yeah. nowadays it's kind of like, you know, an eight-hour shift, and a lot of times the making probably happens before that. Uh, a lot of times I come earlier to Division to my studio, and then at eleven it's like, okay, now I'm in the clock. You know? Nice, nice. So it's a, a, like that's kind of how it works now.
1: Yeah, and I've heard you talk about your work in terms of. The process of creation being part of your work, that your body and and how you communicate through it being part of your work. I've watched some of your performances where you actually will cover yourself in dirt, and you know there's um, there's a, a a whole experience there for people in the real world to interact yeah. with the art and 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 your piece. And there's installations and, and all of this kind of beautiful work, but it's all very, you know, it feels like it's it's really trying and, and succeeding in sometimes jarring the viewer, sometimes being pretty blunt about looking more closely or stopping and and paying attention. What are you trying to? And I'm sure you had lots of professors pushing you on this. <laughs> so you probably know that what I'm gonna ask next, yeah. but what is your hope in terms of the impact of your work, and you know the takeaway when people see some of the experiences that you mm-hmm. express and, and what you create?
0: I think there's two different kind of things. I think the 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 installations are more of like okay, you're walking into the installation and you're like noticing little things, little symbolic things. You know, I use a lot like some flowers like calla lilies and oh man what are the name in it anyway other flowers yeah yeah um that they're really symbolic to me um and then once you approach the installation you will see other things like uh pumpkin seeds and like um peanut shelves or peanuts so and then there's some writing that goes with that or sometimes not um, there's also the reboso, which is the mes- Mexican shawl. So like all of those elements, like, I'm, um, my idea as a viewer comes in and is aware of those things and yeah. sees the overall picture, right? That kind of
1: leading them in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And all of that looks, it feels more like, like almost like an altar piece in a way, but not quite because I don't really like the word altar, but it, it's, there's kind of a spiritual thing to it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's more about you viewing it and feeling it. Uh, The performance, on the other hand, they're different. Uh, uh, The performances usually are uh, a lot of feelings and emotions. Um, And I have to feel the the performance. Uh, The performance takes me a long time. I have to be ready for it. Like I haven't done a performance in over a year because I have to really think about what exactly I want to do. And um, more than like having a picture of what I want the viewer to to see is more about how or how can I express my feelings through movement. And then based on that, you know, um, the people's reaction will vary. Um, but a lot of them are, I, you know, are emotions towards a specific topic or a specific thing that is bugging me. And, like, I just want to, like, um, get it out there. And a lot of my performances are, you know, a lot of people feel uh, empathy. I think it's a big one. They're like, "Oh, what's happening?" They're really into it. They're questioning, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And so my performances have more, I guess, more of emotions.
1: Yeah. As an American, it's been a really tough couple of years, <laughs> and I, I can only imagine what it would feel like as a, a Mexican living here, and you are Mexican, Mexican Mexican-American now.
0: I consider myself Mexican. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's kind of funny because I think that's one of those things that, uh, you know, you go to Mexico and they don't really consider you a Mexican, especially because, (laughs) you know, I mean, I've been here for a little bit over half of my life. Uh, So it's kind of a tough situation. I I think a lot of immigrants are there. That, yes, I might like I moved here when I was twelve years old. Yeah, and I feel Mexican. I yeah. feel really Mexican, but I also know that part of me has been Americanized. Yeah. I mean my art, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my education is definitely, yeah. especially within the art culture, yeah, is mainly like American, you yeah, know, to some degree.
1: But I was gonna ask how how do you feel living through this time in American and and world? culture and, and politics. And there's certainly a lot of, you know, horrible language and yeah. rhetoric that's coming now from the top. I'm just curious about how your experience has been and, and how that's potentially shifted your, or shaped your work.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been like tough. Uh, I think as a Mexican, it just, I don't know. It feels like people, we need to come together more than anything. I think for me, as, as an artist, uh, just, like, really staying true to who we are. And, like, I guess not giving up. I feel like, I don't know, I have this feeling that something is happening soon and it's something good because after some terrible things, good oh, things always come? I think it's a time where, because of all these terrible things, everyone is going to come together and be like, you know, that was awful back then. And, like, you know, um, yeah. I don't know, I it's been tough, uh, especially thinking about my family members and uh, people who might not be as safe as I am. Um, and But I, I don't know, I just want to encourage people to, to, uh, to stay, you know, to just be true to themselves, you know? Like, not hiding, like being loud and being proud of who you are. I think that's the important thing. No matter where you're coming from or anything, it's just like staying proud, even after you know, you get a lot of mean language out there and things like that, you know, just be positive though. Like stop. I mean, I'm not like into confronting. Like I think confronting is not going to lead to nothing, but, uh, just being loud in your own kind of way through art, through making, through poetry, through, you know, any of the other outlets out there and just kind of speaking out for, for how you feel. Um, I think a lot of people are doing that right now and I think that's great cuz I mean what we're going to get out of this era I think is going to be a lot of great art influenced by all of these things you know.
1: Yeah, I love that and I love that how speaking out and being proud and kind of going deeper into who you are and and amplifying that I think it kind of serves your own soul. It's a signal to other people that it's okay and come on and and follow this lead mm-hmm. and then it also kind of just builds community and awareness for, for everyone that there's a lot of different voices out there. There's a lot of people who deserve to, to be heard and, and feel good as part of the, the community, the city community, the global community. And let's, let's make sure that that's the message that's radiating out so that more of that kind of comes back.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, the thing that we don't want to do is put people in the shadows. I think that's you know, I think the more people are out and being proud of where they're coming from, who they are and stuff like that, more people are gonna follow them and be like, you know, I feel the same way or I am just like you. And that is really important.
1: To yeah.
0: to, to basically win really, really over yeah. this era. Yeah, know?
1: exactly. Yeah. And, and 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 let love and positivity triumph. Susa, thank you so much for joining the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm wishing you so much success.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me too.
1: Okay, that was my conversation with Susa Cortez. Susa, thank you so much for joining the show. I hope everybody out there took as much away from the conversation as I did. I really enjoyed talking with her and found it so inspiring. So you're going to have to check out Susa's work and follow her on Instagram and all of the places. Go to makingways.co and you can find more information about Susa, her work and links to her all across the web and her upcoming shows as well. Thanks so much to Root Division. We've been partnering with Root Division all month to celebrate their 15-year anniversary of supporting and guiding and mentoring and building community with artists here in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. Check out RootDivision.org. Contribute if you can. And if you live in the city, definitely come out and support Root Division at an upcoming show or event. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Heffernan at TTO Productions. Our intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix too. You can subscribe to our newsletter at makingways.co. You should follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. We love hearing from you guys. And if you have time, please leave a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference in getting the word out about the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.